Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up. With the Successpert, award-winning financial educator, wealth expert, speaker, and author, Alfred Edmund Jr. And your co-host, life coach and author, D. Marshall. It's Be Lifted Up. Be Lifted Up. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. This is a show about faith and finance. And my name is DC Marshall, and he is Alfred Edmund Jr., and it's still good to be me. (laughs) (laughs) And so, if you have been following the show, we talk about faith and finance. We know the word of the Lord says in uh, John. 1010, it's the B clause. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so we talk about having life to the full. And on today's show, we're talking about mental wellness. And, you know, how how can you cope with the daily pressure um, of, of illness, and particularly in this season, Alfred? I mean, I don't know about you, but this is a really... This is a season where it's heavy on the prayer and heavy on the psychologist, therapist, counselor, uh, get somewhere and sat down and I need help. Okay. What, what say you, my friend? Well, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And this says something that we're even at a stage in our society that we can have a month like that. And, and it's a wonderful thing to know now that the faith community is now front and center, understanding the value of mental health services to even faith communities when so long for so long, there was a stigma attached to the idea that you should seek mental health um, assistance to help. Uh, and But I just know that the word says that God is not the author of confusion. And when he w- wishes us health and wellness, that does include mental and emotional health. So, I'm, I'm, you know, you're right. We're facing so many things, whether you're talking about, you know, economic issues, issues of abundance and scarcity, um, uh, you know, violence. You know, we have so many things, you just turn on the news, you have so many things to be concerned about and worried about, and protecting your mental health is just so important to living an abundant life. So I'm excited for today's show and what we're going to be talking about today. We are talking about the importance of preventing and protecting, preventing mental illness, protecting your mental health. What does that mean in the life of a person of faith? What does it mean in the context of abundant living? What say you, D? You know, I'm looking at the stats on mental illness and who it affects by demographic. Um, It affects 16% of Asian adults and uh, 18% of Native Hawaiian Pacific Islanders, some of you know as AAPI, uh, 21% of of Hispanic adults, 27% of Indian adults, 24% of white adults, 35% of multiracial adults, um, and then 50%, listen to this, 50% of LGBTQ, same gender sex loving people or LGBTQ plus. But here's the stat that I'm most interested in. Mental illness affects 21% of Black, 
adults, so Black and African-American. And the reason I'm excited to talk to our guest today, Dr. Michelle Boone Thornton, who is a psychologist, educator, and author, and Dr. Donna Hamilton, who is an MD, an MS, and author. I'm excited to talk to them because right now, this 21% of Black adults, I just think it's probably even greater given the number of or the increase in violence and random acts of violence um, and the ongoing um, issue of, you know, Black uh, people being um, killed at the hands of officers for doing not just what's uh, what is being asked of them, but doing anything just for living. And and I just believe it's so affecting us in, in such a greater um, or in a bigger way, even from social anxiety, which I have developed. So um, why don't we bring in our guest today? Because I really want to talk about mental illness affecting our communities. I'm not saying everybody, so nobody write the show producer to try to tell on me. I'm not saying that we're not concerned about others, but what I am concerned about is the uptick and the increase when you have Black men and boys and nephews and sons and daughters. And when they leave the house, Black moms and Black dads everywhere, you can't tell me that our mental illness is not impacted in a greater way. And so Dr. Donna, Dr. Michelle Boone Thornton, thank you so much for joining us. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So you heard me up on my my, my soapbox, but it's hard. Y'all already knew that it was sensitive at the moment I went in. That so so I want to move out of the way and just um, allow you to introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your background and then we're going to really get into the facts and the stats of twenty one percent of Black and African adults in terms of what we're going through right now. Dr. Boone Thornton, would you like to start kick us Absolutely. off? Absolutely. Well, my name is Dr. Michelle Boone Thornton. I have been in the field of mental health for twenty five years. And when I say in the field, I mean direct services in the field. Um, I provided residential, outpatient, in-home, wow. hospital, wow. every setting. And so I, my primary client is usually children. Okay. But, you know, children come with families. Yep. And most of the times when the referral comes, the family think it's the child. But Dr. Donna knows it's the whole unit. And so um, I moved on to higher education and I'm a university professor. And one of the things I do is prepare, prepare students to, to um, work in the field of human services. So I prepare students to work with other humans. That is unlike any other <laughs> um, coursework or anything that's out there. So um, I've kind of put all of this together, my work, my, my students, just everything um, to come up with uh, my platform that I'm on now and to just help people deal with the mental health crisis that they're in. Dr. Donna. Great. Um, hello, everyone. And hello again, Alfred and Dee. Uh, for the listeners who are not familiar with me, I am Dr. Donna Hamilton better known as Dr. Donna. I'm a pediatrician turned well-being strategist, specifically a trauma-informed well-being strategist and coach. So now we help improve the well-being in workplaces and in superachieving women specifically with coaching, uh, consulting, and uh, international speaking and books, as you've heard. So um, yes, what Dr. Uh, Boone Thornton said, 
I also started out in pediatrics and quickly realized that it's really difficult, if not, I don't want to say impossible, but very challenging to improve the health and well-being, especially when we're talking about mental, emotional well-being of children when adults don't get it. Uh, yeah, so that's how I made this segue. And when we talk about mental health and wellness, uh, I'd like to invite everyone to broaden their idea of what it truly means to be healthy, because that's where we have to start. A lot of times people think health is not being sick and, th and there's so much more to it. It's really functioning at your best. That's what the word health means. It literally means functioning at your best completely, mind, body, spirit, and in life. So that mind piece is both thoughts and emotions. So when we talk about mental health, mental wellness, mental illness, because there's a spectrum. And I think that's important for us to think about mental wellness as, uh, in addition to mental illness, because sometimes people get really frightened about mental illness or they think about the extreme, someone suicidal or all these other scary labels, which I won't put out there because sometimes simply hearing it can be what we would say upregulating, making people feel anxious. But it is important for us to begin to recognize it. And just like if you had a, a cold, right, a runny nose, we understand that there's something that requires attention. It's the same thing with our mental health and wellness. Sometimes it can be something slight or minor, like we, we have a down mood or a down day. That's important for us to recognize. It's important for us to begin with awareness. Because some people don't even know if they're stressed, if they're sad, if they're angry, let alone what causes it. And awareness is the first step towards action and change. So those are um, where I would like to invite people. We have to start with being aware. And then we have to be willing to tell ourselves the truth. Like we, can't get, we cannot get help from others if we don't tell ourselves the microscopic truth. And that can be like, you know, this is, I'm having, I, I could use some help. Everything from I'm having a hard time to, you know, I could maybe handle this on my own, but why? You know, like, let me go talk to someone, whether that's pastor, best friend, my primary care doctor, a therapist, a well-being coach, a stress management coach, an executive, like start talking to someone. Uh, and then depending on how serious it is, that's when we start looking at, is it a therapist? But people think I'm not crazy and I don't want meds. And then they end the conversation. I could go on, but let me pass the mic, Dr. Michelle. <laughs> yes, you are. I mean, you're so right on because with mental illness, people don't always see symptoms, right? Just like if you had diabetes or high blood pressure, cancer, you don't see any symptoms until you are in the midst of that illness. It's the same thing with mental health because people don't really see ongoing symptoms. They think that they're fine. Um, that's why when I come into the homes, the parent is saying, yes, my daughter, my son, and I can see the underlying cause is not that. And so, you know, education and knowledge are so key. And that's some of what we're going to share with you guys today. Well, we are so happy you're here. Um, what I want to get into even during the next segment, I'm, I'm like D. Yes, we care about the mental health of everyone. But I'm specifically as someone who was raised in the church, grandson of a minister, you really talked about the degree to which I'm so happy that the black church in particular seems to come such a long way in the space and when it was totally taboo to, to even mention or that, to suggest that there was a mental health issue, to even admit it was in your family, much less address it. 
I just talked about the, 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 to me, the very encouraging positive transformation between what anybody who was part of the black church at least faced when they, when the idea of mental illness or mental health came up versus where we seem to have reached a, a new stage, a new phase of, of church life where that is no longer quite the taboo, quite the stigma in many ways, the church has become an asset in these conversations, in part because more faith leaders have come clean about their own mental health challenges. What, what are you seeing out there in terms of your practices, what you deal with families, children in, in, the, in the push for more mental wellness in our communities? Um, I've been encouraged that I'm seeing people who are starting to talk about it more in many different ways. A lot of times black therapists are starting to talk about it, which I think helps make it a little more comfortable. There's a lot of literature within the um, medical field that shows that outcomes are better when we have, especially I, I, I focus on uh, um, like the like black community data because that tends to be who I serve and who's drawn to me. And we know that outcomes tend to be better when a um, practitioner looks like the patient or client. And so I think having more black therapists talk about it helps. Like you said, having a lot of black clergy talk about it to make it okay. That's very encouraging. I've actually, uh, and, and just in general, I've been seeing uh, a lot more within medicine and especially within the field of of trauma work, trauma therapy, I've been seeing them reach out more to clergy, which is also encouraging. So it's going both ways. So hospital, not just um, clergy, but also um, pastoral care within hospitals, because we we have faith woven into medicine, but um, I don't want, it's it's relatively recently. And when I say recently, I'm going to say over decades because I'm I'm older, (laughs) Um, but I've been seeing a trend where we are starting to say, again, we talk about mind, body, spirit, but sometimes it used to be a bumper sticker. And now people are understanding that's really truly what health is. So I think that's been helpful that now people see it not as taboo. And they also understand what that means. It's a broad spectrum. You know, a lot of times people were going to their pastors and their deacon to talk about what we in the field would say are mental health or um, mental emotional issues, violence in the home. Let's let's just name a few things. And, you know, and um, if if anyone listening, if it starts to feel it in their body, I invite you to take care of yourself because that's important. Take some breaths, ground and center pause and play again, because, but again, awareness is the first step. So I also invite you to notice if you have some, feel something in your body. If we talk about domestic violence, specific violence in the home, dad beating mom, children being battered. And again, I know it can be triggery, but it's important. We have to name it so we can address it. People went to pastors all the time about this, uh, drinking, substance abuse issues, you know, um, even even let's talk about depression. Yeah. Um, yeah. People maybe didn't call it that, but they went for prayer and they went. And so now there's now that we recognize that this is what we mean by mental health issues. Mm-hmm. It is helpful that pastors know. I know I've know some pastors, they have an upper limit with certain things. They'll maybe speak with someone two to three times and then they will make a referral. Yeah. So that's all very, very encouraging because mm-hmm. They wouldn't try um, to treat cancer. If, you know, if someone was coming in with a physical health yep. issue, they might say one or two things around, well, did you change your diet, change your exercise? Yeah. Then they say, have you gone to your doctor to get your uh, blood sugar levels checked? Have yeah. you gone to get your, your blood pressure checked? And 
hopefully they would refer back. They, this is not what I do. Um, so we have, so it's a, important for us to recognize that mental health is health and it's really helpful. Um, also, I would say that we normalize talking about it with yes. each other, with friends, with family, with community, um, at, at, uh, after after service, you know, it, it's important that we normalize talking about it like we do anything else, because there's no shortage of people who will talk about the, their sugar, um, whether it's up, whether it's down. They will yeah. they will talk about how much weight they released and or how much they need to release. So let's normalize talking about, you know, when people and, I, and I'm all for affirming. Yeah. I'm all for I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm also for. You know, I'm highly favored and today I'm not feeling it. And it's been tough for me to really believe that. Like we like we can we can start to normalize talking about it. it's not an absence of faith to talk about what is. So let me jump in here. I want to on the point that you just made, Dr. Donna, and I'm going to pose this question to you, Dr. Michelle. Um, and I'm glad you clarified, Dr. Donna, because respectfully, I think one of the challenges in the Black church was not just the stigma that existed for so many years. It was also ministerial staff and or pastors performing a role that was not their role nor their anointing. You, Dr. Donna, have an MD and you know how to treat specifically um, things that a pastor can't and vice versa. And then you, Dr. Michelle, respectfully, right? You understand things about us that, you know, that a pastor wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily know and shouldn't. But we know for many years, gen over generations in the church, they would. And so I'm a big proponent of clarifying the right resource. And this, this comes from me as, I mean, I run, I'm a CEO of a company, a, a diversity, equity, inclusion a company. I went back to school to get a master's uh, after doing coaching for some, for so many years and scaled the company. I only went to get a master's so I could be more responsible and recommending people to the right resource. That was it. And so it's in human services counseling. It's Christian based. I only did that so I could be responsible to refer folks out. And so, um, and, 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 and so that I could have this message. So can you talk about pastors unless, um, they are licensed, trained, clinical, are not the resource, I'm just going to be respectful, is not the resource necessarily to treat us with our mental illness, maybe for grieving, that's pastoral care, but maybe Dr. Michelle, we want to honor you as a psychologist, Dr. Donna, I think you even talked about, or maybe that was our last guest about psychiatry. So can you just break down when you need a pastor, when you need a psychologist, when you need the psychiatrist, and when you need the coach. Because I've had people come to me or go to someone else and ask me about a coach. And I say, you don't need a coach, you need a therapist. So that's why, do you understand? That's not a coach. I do. I'm certified on, I'm certified, certified. I'm a certified coach. I'm certified on the therapy side. And that's not it. And then when people have problems in marriage and they've asked, can I see the pastor, sis, you don't need the pastor. You need the marriage counseling. So let me help you out. I'm going to get you to the deacon and the deaconess, and then they're going to get you to therapy. So Dr. Michelle, first, can you just help us so that all of the listeners know when to call y'all and when to call the pastor? Well, absolutely. Um, we have to go back to the Black church and the role of the Black church. And the Black church was a reflection of the Black family who 
over generations were parented to survive. So you really didn't, were supposed to have any problems. And if you had problems, you're supposed to pray and it'd be okay. Um, but now that the, the black church has started to recognize this is a crisis and a lot of people are coming to us and we may even be the first initial step. They know, should know, to actually make the referral there. I mean, there's so many resources, but to make the referral there, they actually give people permission. Oh, it's okay for me to have this problem. Um, the church, you know, my pastor says, I need to see somebody. Um, because a lot of times people will just suffer in silence. Yes, They won't. Uh, we have this new generation that goes to the internet for everything. Um, and all of your answers might not be there. You may need a professional like Dr. Donna or a psychiatrist or okay. someone like that. When, you know, things start to interrupt your sleep and, and you're having suicidal thoughts and things of like that, the pastor really can't help you. You need a therapist and a licensed person. Absolutely. Yes. yes. That part. That's it. Mm -hmm. That part. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because so, you're qualified. Now we're going to go to a break because you're qualified, you're trained and it is too, it's too fragile. We are too fragile of human beings. And also we want to be respectful to God. God gave you a gift and all of us gifts that they didn't, he didn't give the others. And so we're going to come back on the other side of this break. And I do have a follow-up question to that, but this is Be Lifted Up. It's your guide to living an abundant life. And we'll be right back. Okay, y'all. Sisters in Solidarity, a celebration of girl groups for Black Music Month, hosted by the award-winning Funky Divas, In Vogue. Hey, it's Terry Ellis from In Vogue. With this Black Music Month spotlight, discovered by Michael Jackson, this group of ladies chose their name to highlight the beauty of the earth to represent the strength and stability of the members. Monica, Charmaine, and Nikki. The beautiful thing about Brownstone is that all of the women who have been a part of this group are amazing singers. With hits like If You Love Me, Grapevine, and Five Miles to Empty. We celebrate Brownstone, our sisters in solidarity. Girl groups who shape the fabric of contemporary music and soundtracks of our lives. Be sure to join the hashtag Ladies in Solidarity Music Challenge on Instagram. To experience more, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Brought to you by... It's time to embrace you, your melanin-rich skin, and its unique beauty needs. When you get over the age of 50, you definitely have to start using things on your skin. I know is made specifically to address maturing skin conditions. All of the I know products provide highly effective natural ingredients dedicated to delivering proven results. The best advice my mother gave me, take care of your skin now so to take care of you later. I know, your beauty solution for maturing skin. And we're back. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. We are here with Dr. Donna Hamilton. She's the author of Wellness Your Way and Dr. Michelle Boone Thornton. She too is an author of Transforming Your Reality, Removing the Mass to help sort through the facts and prescribe a framework that promotes healing. And I'm going to ask a follow-up question, but one of the reasons why we love having Dr. Donna and Dr. Michelle, because they are both qualified 
uh, doctors, physicians who have also converted their gifting into practical solutions. Is that fair, doctors? That yes. you all, it used to be that we can only get you if we go to see you in your office, but we need to do that. And what I love about the both of you, if you use, you've packaged what God has given you in terms of your genius and your expertise into books that we should buy, have book clubs and discussions around, invite you to speak and so on and so forth. So I just really wanted um, to say that so that our listeners know, but here's the follow-on question. Um, And, you know, before we went to the break, Dr. Uh, Dr. Michelle, you know, just really helped us to unpack the Black church and just clarifying the right resource. And I'll say this in brief. What I appreciate about you, Dr. Donna, is you mentioned you are an MD, but then you're also a coach. And I caught that because that's part of my background. There was a time when I would be um, low-key judging, why are the doctors the coaches and they doctors and they're the go-to? They don't need to be the coach. And then, are you ready? Y'all not ready for this? Because I was the coach and people would come to me. High-level, high-ranking, and high-profile women. A lot of people know that's who I work with. They're high-level, they're high-ranking, and they're high-profile. Some of them law enforcement. And when the one I'm coaching, And I realized we have an issue. Houston, we have a problem. And guess what? We needed the coach. No, we needed a a therapist. But guess what? It would risk her job. Oh my God, this is why we need the MDs and the psychiatrists to be coaches. It's to cover Black women because they can't, they can't present for mental illness and go and see you safely. And so I was the one on the strategy. And for the very first time, in fact, Dr. R.G. Allen, um, she's in uh, uh, Pennsylvania. She's a, she too is a doctor, but she's also a coach. And at the time I knew I could assign my client to Dr. R.G., but it was because Dr. Argy is the appropriate resource. And so, Dr. Donna, I want to say thank you. I'm no longer low-key judging because you <laughs> I was just hold, I was trying to hold y'all up. We, we need you under that umbrella because mm-hmm. law enforcement, they can't have and go and see. They they really it's gonna risk their job, Dr. Mm-hmm. Michelle. And I'm, I'm sure you have some, mm-hmm. but what I learned about black women and black people, I want to protect my brother over here, Alfred. If he is in law enforcement or in a career that he is going to be judged and lose his livelihood, that's how we now need that cover of the coach is the therapist until there is something much serious. So um, I, I'm not sure if y'all have any reactions to that, but I just really wanted to, to say that respectfully. Thank you for that. Yes, yes. And uh, thank you for all of that. Um, uh, Cause there has been a time where I, I've been judged most of my professional career and I'm at the age uh, and I have, because even when I transitioned from pediatrics to non-clinical people, people judged me. And I mean, literally people went like, they went and said, what are you doing? But here, here's the beauty in it. When you stay true to your anointing, what you're called to do and what's in your yes. spirit, it yes. went from that within a couple of years to what are you doing? And can I get on your calendar? Because I want to find out what you're doing. Uh-huh. So some of it, um, that, that's not, well, actually, I'm going to say this, it's, it's all related under the umbrella of mental and emotional health and well-being. Sometimes mm-hmm. it may be uncomfortable for a season, but if you know in your spirit that what you are doing is not serving you well, then we must listen and be willing to go through a little bit more discomfort if we know that 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 discomfort is a healthy discomfort. 
Uh, so there's a difference between a toxic discomfort and enduring and struggling in a job or a relationship, a marriage or whatever, when there is no healthy outcome in sight. And then when you're like, you know what, it's going to be a little uncomfortable for me to make a change, but I know where I'm going is better. So yeah. that's the one piece. The other piece, that's a really important distinction. There are a lot more physicians now who are coaches, a lot. And I actually retired my entire clinical career and I just do coaching. And there are lots of different reasons for uh-huh. that. Okay. There are different skill sets. Like we, we talked about having the right resource. In medicine, we are trained in pediatrics. We're trained to take care of from infants through uh, adulthood, uh, in new, neonates, newborns or babies born prematurely through 21 year old, through college students. And I have literally taken care of all of them, preterm infants through college students. That is a huge range. And that's just pediatrics. But there are also different skill sets that we lean on within medicine and coaching, regardless of the type of, even within coaching, there are different types. There's performance coaching, there's executive coaching, there's personal development coaching. So even within coaching, there are different skill sets. And depending on what you need, sometimes you need a physician. You need um, come in for me, um, like Dr. Michelle was saying, to take a history, to um, get the um, what your symptoms are, to figure out if there is something going on in your body and mind that requires an intervention. Other times, coaching skills and and some. Uh, doctors, especially primary care, are bringing in coaching skills like motivational coaching, ways to hear what's going on and to, um, I don't want to say simply, but to um, help and support you make lifestyle changes or make other changes. And so it depends. So sometimes that does fit within the realm of the health visit, say more for your well woman visits, for your well child visits, but not necessarily, not if you're going dealing with a hypertensive crisis or severe depression or schizophrenia or anxiety and depression. And so, um, so that, that, that's the difference. And so that's why we have some physicians who end up being coaches because they really want to support people on those lifestyle changes or whatever else it is that brings them fulfillment. Um, so so that, that's the important. But like you said, it's really important, too, because I, I, I'm old enough to remember when I was a medical student, I did go to I started therapy then. And I I was in medical school and I had a psychiatrist and she would not code certain things because it was risky enough for me just to be going to therapy. And then she would not. She was very careful. And she told me with Mm. certain diagnoses. And at the time, I mean, now we can talk. And now I have a whole career talking about trauma and being an adult survivor of of childhood trauma. But she was very, very careful at the time. This was in the late 80s, Mm. early 90s. And she said this could affect my ability to get a license if she um, if she was not careful about how she coded, uh, you know. So we have come a long way, but there was a time if you coded depression or in a variety of other different things, PTSD, people maybe would have looked at you when you're applying for a license. Yeah. 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 And the women, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to hand this over because I want us to talk about your book. Yeah. The women, like I said, I mean, the super bad, super bad all day, black women that I was working with, they were packing. They are NCIS. I mean, the baddest of the baddest um, FBI. And that's when I learned, oh, we're all working together. And I could write that solution. Like, here's the team we need. We need a therapist and we need this. But when I learned that as as the person, your your person who was so responsible uh, with you at the time. Um, so, so this is good. But let's talk about your books. Uh, right. Um, Alfred, did you have a question before? I want them to delve into their their books because well, let's, let's talk about their books. And, and yeah. then I have a couple of questions for our, our final segment. Uh, Dr. Donna, tell us about your book. OK, I'm sorry, Wrong- uh, Dr. 
Michelle. I thought I think we were going to Dr. I'm sorry. Dr. Michelle, Michelle. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, my book is Transforming Your Reality, Removing the Mask. Um, and the concept for that book is actually a series came during COVID because I was struggling. Everybody was struggling. We were going through the stages of grief and it was happening so fast that I was just getting stuck in acceptance. And so I started putting together all of my work in the community and in classrooms and um, put together this book about the mask. And masking is something that we do. We do it to protect ourselves. We do it so that people can't see our vulnerabilities and, and things like that. So it's something that we do. But in the book, I wanted people to understand that what you mask still stays here. And what's here, all the negative emotions and feelings is what feeds, what you feed off of. And what you feed off, you grow. Mm -hmm. And so we talk about this. I, I put out the workbook first because, um, you know, I wanted people to take action and to critically think and to analyze and look at their lives. Um, and then I also wanted it to touch their heart because, you know, God knows our heart and he's going to be part of the solution. Dr. Michelle Boone Thornton.com. Okay. Shameless. No, it's not. Dr. Michelle Boone Thornton.com was saying, what were you saying, doc? I was talking about my book series and I had talked a little bit about the workbook. And then I also created a companion journal because, you know, writing that is um, therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you think it, it's still in your mind where all of the other, you know, thoughts and, and hurts and harms are. So you need to think it, you need to get it out. You, it, it's a way for you to speak to yourself and over, you know, look over what has gone um, on in your life. And so I had that, I put scripture in it and encouraging um, um, just affirmations so that they can use the workbook, cognitively think, work, and then the journal to actually write. Um, and then I'll actually have the actual book coming out in June for pre-order, which uh, addresses the why, the what, and the how to remove the mask. Because we know we wear masks, and now we need to know what we can do about it. I provide um, some resources in the back of the book, um, NAMI and uh, Mental Health America, you know, so that people can, can um gain extra knowledge and information if, if they need it while they're going through this process of change. You know, before we wrap up our conversation, just first of all, I want to acknowledge something. You know, obviously I started out leaning into the resistance to this discussion in the Black church, but I, one of you, I think it was Dr. Donna, made the other point. It wasn't just the Black church for a very long time. The, the health and medical side resisted the idea that faith had played any role at all in people's health and healing. And now we know science and study after study after study has shown very positive outcomes for everything from surviving cancer, uh, obviously mental health, that faith plays a tremendous role. So it wasn't just resistance on the faith side, it was resistance on the medical side too. And both sides have come together in a very encouraging way to, to bring us to where we are today. The other thing, you know, I know I'm on with, with four amazing ladies, but the final frontier in the black community when it comes to talking about mental health is black men. And if you, if you had told me as recently as 10 years ago that I'd see a day 
when there are black men, not enough, you know, obviously we need more black people in general um, and as, as professional mental health professionals, but leading conversations on Instagram in particular, there's this black men, you know, mental health, black therapists, and that, you know, from my experience, we do an event at Black Enterprise. It's called the Black Men Excel Summit, the celebration of excellence and leadership for black men. And I remember the first year we did the event in 2017, it was proposed that we should do a session on mental health. And the, the overwhelming response was corporations didn't want to talk about that at a conference and black men wouldn't come to a session like that. And so we tabled it. And then the following year, we, we had enough you know, courage to say, okay, let's try it. That was standing room only at that event. And to this day is the most popular session at the event. And, and again, it just shows again, how far we've come that, that now part of it may be the trauma of what we've experienced. Um, everything that D raised earlier around gun violence, police violence, COVID, you know, finally, I know a lot of black men were like, you know what? I don't care what anybody thinks anymore. <laughs> I need help. I'm going to get it. I don't care anymore. So some of it is, was, you know, part of the times, but I think it is very encouraging that, that, and I don't know if you're seeing that in your respective practices as coaches, as medical professionals, but finally black men, particularly younger black men, I would say, but not just younger black men are saying, you know what? I, I'm, I need to help and I'm going to get it. What, what are you seeing? Yeah, absolutely. And um, we're seeing, seeing this uh, um, a lot. So, um, and, uh, before I want to cover both things, so quick plug for my book in case anyone's interested. I want to yes, ask your yes, question. Please. Go to wellness wellnessyourwaybook.com, and if we have time, I will let people know. But it's also a great; it is connected because it's a resource both for um, workplaces and CEOs who want to create uh, healthy workplaces that allow their employees to do what it is they want to do. So that speaks to that corporate piece. This is absolutely something, whether or not workplaces recognize and they call it this, though we're definitely seeing a trend where all workplaces are saying, yes, we want to support our, our people in being healthier and feeling better. So people call us when, especially now, there have been a lot of crises going on and then they want, they recognize in, so not just acutely, sometimes like when it's happening, they reach out, but we're getting a lot of calls in that three, four, five months afterwards where they're noticing that people are still um, not quite back to being themselves or still need some support. And I think that's the trend where um, that, that probably re um, reflects some of how men are showing up in the workplace too. Uh, you know, they're like, yeah, okay. So the, the wording may not be, I need mental health support, but it's okay. I'm not quite back to myself. I'm not being as productive, uh, you know? Uh, yeah, so, so we're definitely seeing the trend and particularly with black men, we're seeing it uh, also nationally. Um, they're, they're um, national organizations that specifically around, so black girls do therapy. There's black men do therapy. Um, I don't, I will put a plug in both because of the example, but also because I'm a proud uh, family member. If you follow any of the national news, um, Capitol officer, Harry Dunn, he does a lot. He's been talking a lot as a survivor of the January 6th attack. He's been talking a lot about the importance of law enforcement, but people in general needing support. And I put that plug in because he is my cousin and I'm very <laughs> proud of him. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, but but that but that is to say, this is a national. And if anyone knows him, he's a big black man. He is six foot seven, three hundred pounds, and if he, he 
speaks very openly about the importance of mental health, getting therapy, not being okay. He's a former football player. I, I know another um, former NFL player who, who does a lot of talking about the importance and the, of, of athletes getting help. So these are uh, black men. These are areas, professions where there are a lot of black men in law enforcement, in, in professional sports. And so we are definitely seeing a trend where people are now talking, but it starts with that willingness to speak about it. So what we talked about a couple of segments ago, we have to be aware because you can't talk about what you don't recognize. And then we have to make a choice to take some action and then start to normalize talking about it. And I think that's what's important. We're starting to see workplaces. We're starting to see CEOs, HR departments, normalizing talking about it. You know, and again, some of the wording isn't mental health, but that's okay. We, I, we don't get caught up on, on titles, right? We, um, Self-care, stress management. We do a lot of trauma-informed. We, we teach trauma-informed leadership. So people come in with that. And then we talk about the difference between trauma, stress, grief. As Dee mentioned that earlier, they all can be connected, but they are, they are different. And so, it, it, so we're, it's important that people are recognizing it. Uh, because we do. It, 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 we, we, we support each other, right? Men support the women and children in their life, women support the men and children in their life, non-binary people, regardless of how they identify, they support everyone in their life. It's very important. And so I, I'm, I'm encouraged. Sadly, I think it's because it's just getting so tough. People are saying, okay, let me do this. Not doing it is worse than doing it, but however we get there, um, we can celebrate and we can support you. Listen, in the time that we have left, we definitely want our audience to be able to stay in touch with you guys, keep up with what you're doing. Um, um, if you, you start with Dr. Michelle, your website, whatever socials that you have. Um, obviously, you talked about where we can get the book. Both of you, if we can just share that um, so that we can keep this conversation going beyond the show. Absolutely. Um, you can reach me on LinkedIn at The Unmasking Guru. That's my thing. <laughs> and uh, my website is drmichelleboonthorpe.com. And I am always doing workshops and trainings for, for children and women and have now been asked to do them for men. Excellent. Excellent. Dr. Donna? Great. You can follow me across social media at Donna Hamilton, MD, heavily on LinkedIn, Instagram, and now Spoutable. Check that out. And also website, especially if you are looking to, if you are a leader in a workplace, looking to improve your workplace and well-being so that your people can do the work they're hired to do, reach us at manifestexcellence.com. And again, go to wellnessyourwaybook.com to grab a copy of Wellness Your Way. It's a short and sweet guide to help you assess all of your uh, health and well-being arenas, physical, mental, emotional, social, and spiritual. It's a very light read, but also really gives you some self-coaching questions for reflection. And it's a journal so that you can come to some of these conclusions on your own, what type of resource that you might need. And if it's time to go and reach out and talk about your, your health, your mental health. Awesome, and well-being. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there, there we have it. That is Dr. Donna L. Hamilton, MD, and Dr. Michelle Boone Thornton. There you have it. What an awesome and amazing show with two great guests uh, who are substantive resources that we need today, authors of books that we can get our hands on today. 
Um, and just a really, uh, I would say, valuable uh, conversation with high use value. That's what it was. High use value. We need to have therapists. I believe everybody needs to have therapists. I have a therapist. So psychologists we need, the MD, and we need them to be talking to each other. So Alfred, what'd you think about today's show? Well, you know, I, I love everything about today's show. I too have a therapist. I have a standing weekly appointment. If I'm busy, if I'm traveling, we say, okay, we don't need to talk this week. Yep. But but I, I don't treat it as, as uh, you know, emergency medicine. It's, it's part of my maintenance. It's part of my overall health plan. Yep. Yep. And, and so I, I'm just loving it. I will repeat what I said at the top of the show. God is not the author of confusion. And just the way he promises health and wellness in every other area of your life, uh, the abundant life, he promises it for your mental and emotional health as well. So listen, follow us, Be Lifted Up Radio across all social platforms. Go to BeLiftedUpRadio.com to hear this show and other episodes of the show. We love you. We're glad you're here. This is Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Bye. It's Be Lifted Up, your guide to living an abundant life. Okay, y'all. Sisters in Solidarity, a celebration of girl groups for Black Music Month, hosted by the award-winning Funky Divas, In Vogue. Hey, it's Cindy Heron from In Vogue with this Black Music Month Spotlight. These ladies were originally formed as a gospel group with the name TLC. They came on the scene in 1991 and earned multiple Grammy, American Music, and Billboard Music Award nominations. They are Coco, Taj, and Lili. Sisters with Voices. We found ourselves once we had to separate. When you come back together after you know who you are, it works better. With hits like Weak, You're the One, and Right Here, Human Nature. We celebrate SWV, our sisters in solidarity. Girl groups who shape the fabric of contemporary music and soundtracks of our lives. Be sure to join the hashtag Ladies in Solidarity Music Challenge on Instagram. To experience more, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Brought to you by... It's time to embrace you, your melanin-rich skin, and its unique beauty needs. When you get over the age of 50, you definitely have to start using things on your skin. I know is made specifically to address maturing skin conditions. All of the I know products provide highly effective natural ingredients dedicated to delivering proven results. The best advice my mother gave me, take care of your skin now so to take care of you later. I know, your beauty solution for maturing skin.